Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right, welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Today is February 5th, and we are, Jerry, just four weeks away from that one month that makes college basketball special, that one month where everything just comes to a head, that one month where the world stops, where I famously said the first Thursday in the NCAA tournament is the best national holiday in the entire earth, uh, and I, I truly believe that. Jerry, it's, it's, it's basketball season. You know, there's no Super Bowl. There's no college football. It's basketball season. Yeah, I guess we're done with football, especially after signing day <clears throat> today. Yeah, it's true. It's really true, and, uh, and and the college basketball season is picking up. It's uh, it's you know people talked for for a while like this uh, there weren't going to be great teams. I think that's uh, been debunked a little bit, and and the games are exciting, uh, close games, uh, interesting outcomes, and so I can't wait for March. And and today we're we're going to hit on that. We've got a question about uh, a team that has some elite talent. That's probably some lottery talent that's not doing well. 24-7 Sports Recruiting has added a very interesting new tool to uh, their recruiting metrics, and, and we want to talk about March. Who's Who does Jerry think is going to come out ahead of where we might have them right now? Who who might be a little overrated for March? We're going to get all into all that later, but first, Jerry, I wanted to start with this new tool 24-7 Sports added in uh, their recruiting. So uh, as the listeners, as you probably know, 24/7 Sports is really good recruiting coverage. You know, obviously Jerry's among the leaders in that team, and so we have this crystal ball where we give uh, our experts, I should say, not we, because I'm not involved, but our experts give their percentages of where they think um, each recruit is going to uh, end up committing to and going to school. And now we've added a, a new one to ten confidence meter to the crystal ball projections. Uh, and so, uh, Jerry, I wanted to, you know, give you the stage and let you talk to the listeners about what that is, what this does for you as a scout, uh, as a recruiting expert, and I'm just going to cede you the floor. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea. It'll make things a lot easier for me on Twitter <laughs> because a lot of people have this conception that the one, it's it's kind of fun and interesting. Uh, like the crystal ball is an entity unto itself which it's not, it's just individual people like me or a publisher of a certain team side or anyone who's you know registered to, to vote on it and it's people outside our company. It's just an accumulation or an aggregate of those individual picks. So, you know, it might be a close, like here would be an example of where the meter, I think can really help the public out. Um, say you got a prospect and pretty much everyone thinks he's 65 percent let's just say kentucky and he's 35 percent louisville well the way it has been there's no way to really relay that because 
every individual can just make one pick. So if every individual sees it 65% Kentucky, they're all going to cast a Kentucky vote. So therefore, it's going to come out 100% Kentucky. So this meter is going to help us, you know, I think monitor that or uh, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Quantify kind of that 100%. Like that's 100%. Everyone voted Kentucky, but that doesn't mean everyone's 100% thinking it's going to Kentucky. Uh, So it allows some wiggle room. And wiggle room may not be the right term, but I think a more accurate representation of what the um, crystal ball experts actually think. And so is there is there someone, let's say, in, I don't know, um, the class of 2021, because the class of 2020 already pretty much locked up. Is there someone in the class of 2021 who you recently put in a, a crystal ball projection for that you could use as an example? And I know I'm putting you on the spot, so. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. But I have a question. Uh, so how does this play out? But by each individual is going to show their meter, or are they going to use, like, say I say, dude's going to Kentucky and I put a seven on my meter how does that seven on my meter register into the total computation yeah I'm interested to see that because I don't know either but yeah I I definitely think it's a move in the right direction although I kind of did like people being kind of fooled and (laughs) having to figure it out and it gave me some questions to answer but uh yeah I'm looking forward to it I think it's a great idea yeah, I think I th- for for, the, for those uh, you know fans at home, I think it's just helpful to contextualize. Uh, yeah, contextualize. You know, great. How great uh, not you know because a hundred percent just means everyone thinks it, it could be as close as fifty one percent, just like you said. So yeah, it's th- an odd thing, right? And then yeah, a hundred percent can mean a lot of different things. Well, and you could have a guy let's say sixty percent, just use the same schools we're using. Say sixty percent Kentucky, forty percent Louisville in the total votes cast, but the 60% who are picking Kentucky, let's say on average, they have an eight confidence meter, you know? So that's the context you're talking about, contextualizing. I'm just really, really curious how it's gonna look in the final formula. Look, the one thing the one thing we know for sure is that the one place where I imagine the discourse will not change is on Twitter. There's no such thing as a context on Twitter. There's no such thing as nuance on Twitter. So, so no matter what happens over there, I imagine it'll still be the same lawless, um, uh, you know, Jerry hates my team kind of world. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about one team in specific because uh, University of Washington. So things coming into this year look pretty good. They bring in two top 10 players in the 24-7 sports composite. They've got freshman Isaiah Stewart, power forward, number three in the composite last year. And I guess, you know, coming into college, he was listed as a power forward, but really a point forward-ish guy in Jaden McDaniels, number eight in the 24-7 sports composite. And things were looking good. And yet here we are. It's February 5th. And Washington is sitting at 12-10, and 2-8 and eight in the Pac-12 with a win early in the year over the number one, consensus number one team in the AP poll in Baylor. So I and everybody else in the basketball world literally have no idea what to make of Washington. So Jerry, fix everything for me. What is going on? What's going on in Seattle? Oh, I, yeah, I can fix any. Well, I can just give you what I think. Number one, they're, they're ranked 302 in the NCAA in turnovers. In other words, they turn the ball over more than most any team in the country. 302, that's pretty low. I, I think in general they're soft. 
uh, Jane McDaniels is one of their top players. You know, he just physically he's not there to be an enforcer to make plays in traffic when it really, really counts. I know his numbers are pretty good. Um, but just in general, they're soft with the basketball. I don't see great point guard leadership. Um, I mean, I, you know, I watched a lot of that Oregon game, and the whole game came down to Peyton Pritchard was on Oregon, and Washington had no one like a Peyton Pritchard. And so, you know, you can have Isaiah Stewart all you want. Give me the better point guard. <laughs> so I think that's an issue for him as well. And a part of the softness, I don't think they defend individually well. I know they play zone, but even if you play zone, you have to guard the basketball. You have to guard the guy in your area. And I just, I just don't, I just don't think they're tough enough. Well, it's it's funny to me that you say tough enough, and, and not because I disagree with you, but it's interesting that you say they're not tough. They're like number two in the country in blocks or block percentage, and well, you they know, can jump. They, yeah, well, they can <laughs> jump. So, so it's, I was going to ask. So, so what does it what yeah, what does ahead. it say to to you about this team that they are both soft and poor defensive uh, a poor defensive team, and yet still you know blocks? What's what's happening? How how can that be? Well, because the man try? drove by the guy guarding him, so someone came over and had to block the shot. You know, having a lot of blocks is not always necessarily a good sign about your defense. Um, you know, if you play great defense, you really don't have to block any shots because they're taking contested jumpers and you're not really trying to block those jump shots. So that would be one explanation. And, um, you know, they have talent. They're okay, I guess. I mean, their, their record doesn't look very good. In the, it's a very confusing. In the Pac-12. But their <laughs> yeah. toughness is uh, – involves – when I say tough, that, it's a mental and a physical thing. Um, it has to do with uh, sim, uh, chemistry. You know, like they're not – Washington, I just see individual players out there. I don't see a unity. I don't see them creating a situation where, you know, player. Right, what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? The sum is greater. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. That's kind of what's missing, in my opinion, with every with Washington. Because every great team has that. And, you know, so much of that depends on, like, a, a point guard who can really I – don't, I don't see the, the leadership. It's hard for a big man to be the leader of the team because he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's not as visible. You know, you got the point guard out there who's def- – well, in their case, it's a zone, which <laughs> you can tell my voice. Not a huge fan of the, just that as your base D. But, you know, the, the big guy is more the anchor. <laughs> uh, guards typically, you know, the captain. Mm-hmm. So two things jump out to me from what you just said. You know, when, when you're talking about you know really being tough as a team, mm-hmm. well, this team gives up more offensive rebounds than just about anybody. They they give on like 32 yeah. percent of of defensive rebounds yeah. they allow the other team to to. So they're not. Well, they're that doesn't surprise me, and I didn't look that up. But they're not that, closing out possessions. That's a great example of a lack of toughness. And the and the other thing is, you know, I, I do want to contextualize. Uh, the situation with their point guard, you know, they 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 coming into the season had Quade Green transfer from Kentucky, guy who you know didn't quite fit in with Cal, 
kind of left the program. Wasn't, and wasn't quite good enough is how I would phrase it. Well, you, you say it however you want. He left Kentucky, went to Washington, uh, and, and he was he was fine. He was a point guard for them. And, and you know, whether or not he was playing up to what they'd hoped he would be, I'm not sure. But he was at least on the team until four weeks ago. He uh, was ruled academically ineligible. He's not playing anymore. So, so the guy who was supposed to be their starting point guard um, uh, coming into the year no longer on the team. And over the past five games, you're looking at uh, J- Jaden McDaniels is playing uh, playing point guard a, a decent amount. Yeah, that's a problem. And and that's part of toughness. How the heck does a guy become academically ineligible like that? You know, there, there's something going on in Washington where there there's not a – they're not on the same page. <laughs> you know, they're not marching lock and step. And uh, to me, that's part of the whole toughness thing. You know, how does your starting point guard – how does how does that happen? He obviously his head wasn't where it needed to be. The the only thing I can add to that is that there's there's a weird thing. Most uh, college universities work on semesters. Uh, a few work on trimesters, but the Pac-12 actually works in quarters. So he can be ruled academically eligible again. I th- I'm pretty sure just as we turn into the postseason. And so who knows? Maybe they'll get a point guard back, but it's not like they're getting Allen Iverson. You know, it's not like they're getting uh, uh, Tony Allen to come help toughen up their defense. They're they're getting quite a green. So you know, whatever's happening in Washington, the crazy thing is, you know, they're they're two and eight in conference, but they they've played de- good teams well. I mean, you've got you know, got got the win over Baylor first game of the season. They you know kept Gonzaga pretty close. Eventually, Gonzaga pulled away, but that was a two possession game within uh, the final two minutes. And Washington at twelve and ten is almost certainly not going to make the NCAA tournament. But they you know with the amount of talent on this team, this could be spoilers. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you can't rebound on defense, you're not finishing possessions. They're not finishing games. When you don't finish, you don't win. Well, having well having <laughs> having so, nothing to do with uh, their on court thing. Like, just if I just what? told you, if I just told you a team was twelve and ten, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on February fifth, you would say, you know, there's a ninety five percent chance this team is not making the NCAA tournament. I mean, the, the, the likelihood of that happening is slim to none barring, you know, winning the Pac-12 tournament. Just because, like, once you get 10 losses, that's pretty much game over. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. And, and, and well, They're 2-8 qu- and eight in the Pac-12? Yeah, 2-8. and eight. Yeah, well... It's nuts. Yeah, maybe a resurrection will happen. Do you think either <laughs> of these guys, Isaiah Stewart and Jay McDaniels, either of them going to come back after this year? No. No. They're both gone. So... Why would you want to come back and play for a losing team? <laughs> I mean, think about it that way. I mean, no, they're going to get the, they're going to get paid. They they, they they would probably like to have a million plus dollars in their bank account. I I completely respect that decision and that choice. If you offered me a million dollars or to play basketball, in Washington, I would choose a million dollars. Uh, that's that's going to take us right to our break. On the other side, we're going to talk about some teams that Jerry actually likes, not like Washington. Uh, not that Jerry dislikes Washington, but just likes them for the NCAA tournament. And a couple teams in the top 20, top 15 that Jerry thinks might not have such a, a good march. We'll be right back. 
It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm Tani Levitt. I'm here with uh, College Basketball's Assist King, Jerry Meyer. And we're about to run through the top 25, talk about some teams that Jerry is not so high on for March. So real quick, Jerry, we've got Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State, undefeated San Diego State, I should say, Louisville, Dayton, Duke, Florida State, Maryland, and Villanova in the top 10. Which of these teams do you feel like has a chance for the floor to just bottom out underneath them. Like based on the way I'm looking at this is based on the number. Do I think when it comes to March and my expectations, are they over or under ranked? Can we look at it that way? So, I mean, on the negative side, uh, San Diego state, I'm just not sold on them yet. Um, as an elite team, and I need to watch more. I've watched some, but just, you know, that's just my opinion right here. And, and like I told you before the show, I haven't done an analytical breakdown on this. I'm going to do that this week. <clears throat> so then I'm going to come with that approach next week. But San Diego, I'm a little down on compared to their ranking. Um, not sold on Maryland, but not. And, you know, Villanova, I, I like Villanova. I, kind of Villanova and Maryland the same to me. I'm just kind of like, eh. I, I think on the positive side, I think Florida State's really dangerous. Yeah, um, what do you see from them? Just like what you always see from – you know, when I say – what you always see being length and athleticism, um, they got experience. They have older players. Uh, they got some guys who can play basketball. That helps. And they've been around the block. Um, I think Kansas is good. It's dangerous. I think Baylor's legit. Gonzaga concerns me because of a lack of foot speed. I'm just I'm just huge on quickness, especially in March. They're just they seem like sort of like a plotting team to me. And I like a more dynamic point guard. You know, like point guard by committee, you know, you can do it. It can be successful. But I personally prefer just kind of like that's our guy. So then let me let me let me jump ahead to a couple teams in the teens. Yes. One on the positive side and one on the negative side of that kind of dynamism you just hinting at. Let's look at Seton Hall on the positive side, a team yeah, with like a Seton lot Hall. of action, and then Iowa, a team with yeah. without foot speed. <laughs> I, I mean, I was all right. <clears throat> you know, Tucson's good basketball pretty quick. team. Just I wouldn't say foot speed is something I would talk about. Well, that of course team. not. 
I do, I do not disagree um, at all. Man, Gars is growing on me. That guy is really, really good. He's going to be really good in the NBA, I think. Yeah, but you couldn't what, jump over a tissue box. Uh, perhaps. He's really, really good. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got your point. Yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> not Iowa's a team I'm probably not going to bet on. Um, I like Kentucky. I think Kentucky's getting better and better. I, I think Kentucky is a real d- dangerous team going into March, personally. I think Oregon's good. And, you know, I've, I've sung the praises of Peyton Pritchard, and I will continue to do so. I, I'm i not ready to say, like, I think Oregon's a Final Four-type team, but, but they're good. I, I think Kentucky – Kentucky really stands out to me, uh, honestly. And then LSU – LSU and Kentucky, um, you know, just in my mind, just going on based on who I think the best teams are, that they would be ranked much higher than mm-hmm. they are now at 15 and eight, 18, at least at what I'm looking at right now. All right, so then, 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 then we get down into the bottom of the top 25, and I want to bring up Illinois because that's not a team you usually talk about on a national basketball show. A team with a really, really good center in Kofi Coburn yep. uh, who, you know, Nobody expected. I mean, people knew he was good. This good. This dude is a beast, absolute beast. And they've got dynamic wings, and and so you know they they don't have almost any tournament experience on the, on this roster. Do you think that you know that's something that's going to hinder them, or do you think just like th- that that skill translates no matter what? The skill of dynamic wings and a good big man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is, for a lack of a better term. Uh, I think experience is important. I don't think it's end-all, be-all. But, yeah, I like teams that have experience. Uh, I'm not sold on Illinois right now. You know, like a number 20 ranking seems about right to me. So where does that get you in the tournament? Not even in the Sweet 16. So that's about where I see Illinois. Mm -hmm. I I think that's accurate. Anybody else that's not in the top 25 that you feel like should be Uh, in there? Not in the top 25. Tough question. Uh, no, not necessarily. And I'm looking at that. List. Isn't it amazing? Michigan only has had one vote. And there was a time like two months ago I thought Michigan was great. <laughs> so it shows how little we know. But um, uh, Michigan suffers some foot speed issues, especially in their front court. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no one stands out to me as anyone. I mean, I think – well, this is – Creighton's 21 – kind of like this Creighton team. Um, that team shoots. That yeah. team shoots basketball. Yeah, they're 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 a dangerous team. And one thing one thing for Creighton, I mean, you know, if this this is a double-edged sword it cuts both ways, but Creighton being so far west and playing in the Big East, it, it's it's a unique situation when when other teams come to them. That's that's a long travel. You know, that's that's halfway across the country and Creighton comes in and play and, you know, they play serious offense. You know, they're they're coming in and and they're ready to go. So you and, know. They, and they have a great arena. And they have great fan support. Number you know, eight. It's an airplane flight, but uh, it's a tough place to play, no doubt about it. You know, it'd be, it'd be one thing if uh, if Creighton was coming out there and plotting, you know, big classic Big Ten basketball like we saw with Maryland and Rutgers last night. God, that was an abomination. But Creighton's out here, number eight uh, adjusted offense of the country for Ken Palm. 
and 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 they're ready to roll. They they come out, they're they're shooting, and and that's an interesting team too. Someone who you know I think will fly under the radar because it took them so long to crack into the top twenty-five. People are just going to assume that you know they aren't as good as this. Oh, they just kind of hopped in here last second. I don't know that it, it, uh, you know I'm always thinking about teams that uh, the regular people in your NCAA uh, bracket aren't going to think about. I imagine the Creighton. Not, yeah, not that's a good case. strategy if we want to start talking bracket strategy. I, I hear you there. If you're looking for an edge, you, you look for that non-sexy name team. Because, yeah. Yeah, we can, <laughs> when, you're, when you're at the office and you're not working at a sports place like this, right, you, a lot of people are just going to go for names they're familiar with and comfortable with. So, yeah, Creighton, Creighton's one to keep in mind. All right, well, that's, that's just about it. You got any parting words, Jerry? Uh, not really. I I saw right before I came in where Tom Izzo's really worried about what people on Twitter are saying about his players. And I thought he didn't look at Twitter. <laughs> and he's upset about all the stuff he has to deal with. Okay. Well, that kind of answered my question right there. <laughs> it, um, it, it, I, I just find it funny, the self-righteous, righteous indignation of coaches. I mean, Roy, Roy Williams does it a lot. Coach K. I mean, they all do it. They're they're managing, they're controlling their program, but when you really look at the words, it, it, I find it quite humorous. Look, I mean, some of these I coaches they swore off Twitter. Some of these did they swear off Twitter? Always. No, I thought Michigan State literally like swore off Twitter. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, how can what people are saying on Twitter bother you if you're not looking at Twitter? I don't know. Just stuff that confuses me. I'm sure they'd say the idiot media like us would bring it up to them, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, someone said something bad about you. You know, people are saying, "Yeah, seems a little soft to me." But anyway, uh, yeah, that's soft these days. Soft is a loaded word, and I uh, so I'm I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use that, but I would just say that uh, I, I, I will use it. <laughs> I know you would, Jerry. You know, at, at the end of the day, a lot of these coaches certainly, if you're a coach of the best sports program at your university, you end up being one of the biggest public faces, uh, and and it's as much a PR job as it is a coaching job, uh, and and so in that regard, I definitely don't envy these uh, major coaches, and pretty much every other regard, I do. You know, they're they're wealthy, successful, and get to coach basketball on a day in day out basis, and I would love to spend more time in the gym, but you know, that's 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 about going to do it for us. It's uh, February fifth, and we are. Excited for March. I can count the weeks on my one hand, and, and, and that's exciting for me as a college basketball fan. So, Jerry, until next week, I think I'm going to sign off. I'm Tony Levitt, and this is the 24 7 Sports College Basketball Show. We'll see you next time. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.